All right. This morning, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians and uh, specifically um, in Ephesians chapter 4. You know, here we are, we're approaching the holiday season. And Christmas is known as a time of gift giving. Uh, you know, it, it becomes, uh, sometimes it becomes so commercialized, it, people will, you know, it leaves a bad, maybe leave a bad taste in their mouth or something of that nature. But, but I will tell you this, the one thing that is, is, is nice is to get a gift. Whether it's a Christmas or whether it's a, a birthday, uh, something of that nature, it's always a blessing to receive a gift. And I'm talking about a real true gift, not a gift with an expectation. Right. That, again, that's just reciprocity. That's I give you, you give me. But a gift that has no strings attached, nothing about it, is just given because a person cares and loves about another. And that's an important thing. Because we find that the, the, the greatest gift that was ever given, and again, we talk about it at Christmas time, is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, where it talks about the, the, that our salvation, how we can have this eternal life forgiveness of sins, uh, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Again, we see over and over again, God loves giving gifts. And it's not just confined to salvation. Salvation is the most important. Salvation is the best gift that has ever existed. But, but, but God isn't done giving gifts when you trust Christ as your savior. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, and in verse 7, he says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascendeth upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get started with our service this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for the time. Thank you again for an opportunity, Lord, to just... Look at these gifts that you give to us, and specifically this gift of service. I thank you so much again for an opportunity to to just be with your believers and uh, be with those that are of the same spirit. And Lord, I just pray that this morning we would just have a desire to hear something from you, to be encouraged, to be comforted, to be edified. Uh, Lord, to just realize how much you care and love for us. And how praiseworthy that is. I pray, Lord, that we would just take those things, keep them in our minds and heart as we look to the to your word this morning, as we study this subject about gift giving. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with me, speak through me, that all that is said would be pleasing and honoring unto you. And this I ask in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are, we're finding that God continues to give gifts. He's talking about how, how, how he gives gifts. And here, in a bit of a reference to salvation and also to a reference of things after salvation. Over there in, 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 
In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about all sorts of different gifts that are given to men. Some people have the gift of speaking. Some people have the gift of teaching. Some people have a gift of just being compassionate and hospitable. Some people have, you know, gifts that, that, that are very different than some that we have. But there is one gift that, that, that if you begin to look at throughout scripture is just a tremendous gift when we have that relationship with the Lord. Let's go over to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. And when I was reading through the book of Numbers, it just kind of hit me that through all of this, as the Lord is establishing what the Levites are going to do, what the priests are going to do, what, uh, what, what, you know, certain, how everything is going to be laid out. He has all of this stuff, you know, set for a purpose again to, to demonstrate, uh, the love of God, to demonstrate Christ in the Old Testament. And if you will, the shadow of things to come. But here in, in this passage, he's giving all of these charges to these priests and Levites about what they're supposed to do. Who has this responsibility? Who has that responsibility? And as we go through this, I want you to get down here to, oh, let's take a look here, starting at verse uh, verse 6. And he says, And I behold, I have taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the children of Israel, to you that are given as a gift for the Lord, to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, now, I want us to focus on this here for just a moment. The Levites had no inheritance of land. There was 12 tribes of Israel. All of them wound up with a land grant, except the Levites. The Levites didn't have a, a territory or a, a borders or, or an area that was given to them. They had something that was more important. Rather than the physical land, a lot of what they had to do and what we've seen with the, with, specifically with the priests, the priests were supposed to teach the, the nation the difference between good and evil. What was clean and what was unclean. What pleased God and what didn't please God. And we find here that the Lord's talking about them and he's talking about them in such a way that he's talking about the gift of service. You realize when we have an opportunity to serve God, whether it's through one of our outreach events, whether it's cleaning a toilet here, whether it's an opportunity to, to teach an opportunity to, 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 to do something for the Lord. That is a gift that God has given to you. And we never want to disparage what God gives us. We, we, we never want to disregard it. I mean, we, we, we find Esau over there disregarding the birthright that God had given him. And and God was not it was less than pleased with Esau. As a matter of fact, God said, I hated Esau because he took what I gave him and he just didn't care about it. Sold it for something ridiculous as as if you will, a bowl of beans, lentils, pottage, 
soup. He sold away one of the most precious gifts that God gave him. And here he's giving the nation of Israel some gifts, and specifically the Levites, this gift of service. And this gift is for the Lord. It's a gift that that, that they are to doing for the nation of Israel, but it's a gift that they in turn get to give back. It's a two-way gift. And we see as we continue on here in, in, in this passage, go down here to verse 7, he says, Therefore thou and thy sons with thee shall keep your priest's office for everything of the altar and within the veil, and ye shall serve. He says, this is, this is what you guys are going to do. This is your responsibility. All of those things that you see in the altar, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the tables of showbread, the, the, the candlestick, all of the lights, the, the assembling of it, the carrying of it, all of these things. He's like, there, there's an important thing. He's like, this is how you're going to serve. This is how you're going to serve. Sometimes we get to pick and choose how we serve. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. When the Lord called me to be a pastor of a church, I wasn't looking for that. I was happy being the second man. I was happy just sitting back and just like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be at the forefront. Because the point man is usually the one that shot first. So... I like no, thank you. I you know I, I wasn't really wasn't really looking forward to that. But the Lord said, "This is what I want you to do." And you have to have that willing heart that says, "Here am I, send me." You go over there, Book of Isaiah, where Isaiah's Isaiah's at the throne and at the altar, and the Lord says, "Who will go for us?" And 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 here's Isaiah. Just this man that is, has an opportunity to be and see these things, you know, raises his hand, says, here am I, send me. He didn't even ask what the job was. And then God tells him, well, I'm going to send you over to a people that aren't going to listen to you. And as a matter of fact, uh, they're not going to listen to anything that you say, and they're going to continue to do wickedness, and you're going to have not a very successful ministry. But he said, here am I, send me. Look, there's going to be discouragement in service. There will be. There's this, I mean, they're going to face that. But here, but here's what he's saying. He's saying, this is your position. This is what you need to do. This is how you serve. God has called every single one of us to various different things. Some of us are great with outreach. Some of us, not so much. Some of us are great to be personable and welcoming, kind. Some of us, we still have to wipe off the sour face in the morning. (laughs) Still struggle with that, you know? But whatever it may be, we're all given various different positions that the Lord has, if you will, given us as a gift. And here he says, continuing on in this, in this verse, in verse seven, he says, I have given your priest's office unto you as a service of gift. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. 
And we'll address that in just a moment here. But one of the things that we begin to see here is he's given them this gift to the Levites to do these things. They don't get land like everyone else. They get an opportunity to do some special things. And the Levites, as they're divided up, some of them had the job, they were the movers, others had jobs attending to this, but you go through in the book of Numbers, and while the book of Numbers, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on about names, and these people, and that people, and this group, and that group, and the number of this group, and that, so on and so forth, but you begin to look at how God had all of this stuff arranged, you look at how God arranged the nation of Israel around the tabernacle, it's in the shape of a cross, by the way. You go through and you start reading about how Judah is supposed to be here and all the stuff on the east side and then on the west side there was a longer amount because there was more of them and then on the sides there was about equals and and you see that how God set that up and if you were to look at it from an aerial perspective right in the heart of it is the tabernacle with the Levites surrounding the tabernacle and then from there out are the rest of the tribes uh, splayed out like that and it would look like the shape of a cross. And it's amazing to see how God does those things. But each one of those the, the, those individuals, if you will, the sons of Levi, all had a specific purpose and would minister to a certain group of people and had certain tasks and positions that they were supposed to be doing. And when it comes to service... Each one of us has been given the gift of service. We kind of act a little bit like priests today. Now, we're not out there, you know, flaying out, you know, uh, lambs and things like that and cutting them up and burning them on an altar and going into that. That's all been taken care of on the cross. But we are to be people that go out there and show people What's clean and what's unclean? What God thinks? What uh, we're supposed to be the ones that go out there and and show and demonstrate who God is. That was the responsibility of the Levites. Well, we kind of have a bit of the same, if you will, tasks. And if each one of us that has trusted Christ as our Savior is is, is considered like that then that means we each have a gift that we are supposed to be giving back. It's not a gift that we hold for ourselves. It's a gift that is given to everyone. The Levites didn't do this gift for themselves. They weren't so focused on themselves. But here in this day and age, that's all we're taught to do. We're taught to think about me, myself, and I first. But God says, no, that's not quite how it works. You need to be thinking about him first. You start thinking about others, as he calls it the royal law over there in the book of James. So we begin to see very clearly that that, that God has a mentality that as a believer... We're not just to keep the salvation to ourselves, but we are to be ones that go out and serve because of what we have. And we find that when we go and we look at Ephesians chapter 2, and we see what he says about, you know, it's a gift of God. And he says that we're saved unto good works. We're not saved by our good works. 
But we're saved to do good works. We're saved to serve. Bring glory to God and pleasure in, 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 in life. And we find that throughout scripture. Turn over to the book of James in James chapter one. We're studying James on Wednesday, so, you know, I gotta kinda be careful here because I don't wanna teach James on the wrong day, but James chapter one, and in verse 17, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And I want us to, to understand this, that the gift of service that God gives us is a good gift. You ever receive a bad gift? We were talking a little bit, uh, mentioned it uh, today. We, we, we always have this re-gift exchange in January. Uh, and it's open to, to the entire church. So if you got something that you, you did not want for Christmas, that's the time to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, it's that gift that you open up and you're all excited and you rip open the packaging and you pull it out and you go, oh. And you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, how do I keep, how long can I keep this smile? Cause this thing is so disgusting. What do I do with this thing? You're like, oh, it's, it, it, it. And, and again, sometimes with those re-giftings, you never know, you might get something good. Uh, one year, uh, there was this little fuzzy furry chicken that was given. And it was a, uh, it was part of the re-gift. That thing still sits on our shelf in our house. And, 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 and my, my, my daughters walk past it and go, why do we still have that thing? Because I like it. I don't know what it is. There's something about that chicken I liked. There's something about that chicken that just drew me to it. And I'm like, I want that chicken. And now it sits there in our home watching over us with its beady little eyes. Uh, You know, but again, you know, to me, it was a good gift. My family may not think it was, but it was a good gift. Sometimes we get bad gifts. But what God gives us is always a good gift. Salvation is the greatest gift. Salvation, I mean, that I have an eternal home in in heaven, that that I'm not going to suffer with this body any longer. Oh, praise God. Please come quickly. Um, You know, I, I just, whatever... Whatever, you know, difficulties we have in this life aren't going to be nothing, as he talks about in Scripture, compared to the things that lie in store for us. Could you imagine for a thousand years just exploring heavenly wildlife? Because there's wildlife in heaven. Could you just imagine that? I don't even think you would exhaust that. Could you imagine for a next thousand years just examining and, and, and looking at the expansive universe that God made and just taking in all of that beauty and glory? And we've got some pictures here that I always look at and I love looking 
at, 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 at stars and what's out there and uh, what, what God has created. And it's just such beauty, such, such, such handiwork that declares that that didn't happen by chance. That happened because there's a God that loves and loves us and creates it. And, and he, he gives us the ability to build these telescopes and put them out there. And we look at it and we go, wow. But then, of course, the scientist goes, wow, look at that. It all came from nothing. No, it came from God. They're good gifts. They're things that we get to enjoy. They're things that we get to, if you will, Use for his pleasure and his glory. And he says here, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And I dare say that, that when God gave us the service, he gave us, he gave the Levites a specific service to do. It was perfect for them. It was perfect for them. Strangers weren't to be participants with it. Strangers, it wasn't a gift that the Levites were supposed to share with anyone else. It was their duty. Remember the one time the king got all in his head and over there and, and one of the kings decided he was going to start doing some stuff with the priesthood and the priests are trying to keep him back. And next thing you know is all of a sudden this priest or this king becomes leprous till the day he died. He was trying to intrude on somebody else's gift. I want us this morning to realize that every single one of us has a gift that God's given us that we're not really, <clears throat> excuse me, supposed to share with anyone. We use it for his glory, honor, and, and, and praise, and we serve one another. We serve even the, the world that needs Jesus Christ with those gifts, that's something that he's given to us. We should never, ever, ever just disregard it and say, give it away to someone else like Esau did. Don't let somebody else come and take it away. A stranger comes up and, 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 and if you will, begins to say, well, no, that's my responsibility. That's what I, I, I want to do that. I believe I would be like, no, 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 no. You need to keep back. See this sword on my side? That's meant so that if you come near, you're going to be put to death. That's how important the gift was that God had gave them. And I tell you this, each one of us has a good and perfect gift. God has used us, molded us, made us, and given us the ability to do. Each one of us. So what do we do with it? We use it. We give it back. We demonstrate how much the Lord has loved us by giving us that gift, by in love giving it back. You know, I think about, I really think about the the Levites and what they had to do. And you go through and you read Leviticus and you read Numbers and you read all of the responsibilities that they had. Man, they had some, they had a lot of responsibility. Cause they had to make sure everything was done exactly the way God told them to do it. Because when Aaron's two sons didn't do it the way God told them to do it, 
they died right in front of everybody. And God said, don't mourn them. The, the, the nation can mourn them, but he warned Aaron. He says, don't mourn them, don't mourn them because they knew what they were doing was wrong. But God gave the Levites and the priests such great responsibilities. And He's done the same for us. He's given us such great responsibilities. There's a way He wants us to do it. There's a way He wants us to serve. To please God. To glorify Him. To give praise. Our service should be about praise. Yeah, it might be hard praising God as you're swabbing a toilet, but you can still praise God with it. Praise God that we actually have that. Not every church in the world does. Not every church in the world does. And there are still churches here in the United States of America, they do not have a a a, a functional, fully flushing toilet in the building, there are a couple of outhouses outside. Again, if you're serving on the cleaning ministry, and praise God, you don't have to clean the outhouse. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying is, is we've all got this perfect gift that God has given us the ability to do. And some people thrive at it. Some people think that they've got a gift of something, but they, they, they again wind up, you know, taking a wrong gift or something that was meant for someone else doesn't really work. Because God has given that for a to a specific person for a specific reason, for a specific glorification of what God has done. I want us to take a look at another passage. Go over to First Timothy. First Timothy. Here, here's Timothy, and he's learning how to be a pastor. First and Second Timothy and Titus are called pastoral epistles because they're written to individuals that were being pastors, going to be pastors, uh, giving some instructions about how to do things. But man, there's a great amount of application to us as people that are not pastors for for, for believers. And I find great comfort in this because in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, jumping down here to uh, verse 14, here's something in, in part of this charge that he gives to Timothy that he's supposed to be doing. And this isn't just for pastors, this is for everyone. He says, neglect not the gift that is in me. Which is, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands, uh, of the presbytery. He says, neglect not the gift. Neglect not the gift. When God gives us a gift, we shouldn't leave it unwrapped, if you will. Untouched, unused. We shouldn't neglect it. You know, in this day and age, sometimes of materialism, we wind up getting more gifts than 
than we need and get gifts uh, that we don't necessarily want. And what winds up happening is they wind up being neglected. They sit and collect dust. Maybe they're put in the garage for an eventual garage sale. Maybe they're brought here to the re-gift. Who knows? <laughs> but sometimes gifts, gifts get neglected. The physical gifts, we understand that those can get neglected, but when we're talking about the spiritual gifts that that, that, that Paul is telling Timothy you have received, that was given to you by God, that was given to you for a very specific purpose. Now, I want you to understand that, that in First and Second Timothy, Timothy is dealing with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Why? Because he's associated with Paul. Paul is being tried as a criminal. Talking about Paul is contentious. Talking about Paul around around Jewish people is 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 like bringing up Donald Trump in the middle of a Democratic convention. You're going to get people looking and just like glaring or whatever, or 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 bringing up Joe Biden at at, at, at you know a Patriots event. You're going to get people looking at you like, what? You go in there wearing one of those Biden 2024, walk into a, a, a Trump convention. Yeah, you'll probably wind up getting pushed out or mocked or something. That's the way it was with Timothy when he would identify with Paul. You know, we have that division here in this country with all those things, which, by the way, just needs to stop and we need to focus on Christ, but we'll just skip past that. But but one thing that we need to make sure that we understand is, is that Timothy is, 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 is kind of, if you will, a little afraid about what's going to happen, what's going on. And here's, here's Paul giving him some, some things to do and just saying, you know, just calm down, Timothy, calm down. And what does he say here first, you know, as one of the things he needs to do is don't neglect what God has given you. Don't neglect the gift of service. Don't, don't, don't turn away from the ministry. Don't step out of the pulpit. Don't walk away. Don't neglect what God has done for you and given to you. He reiterates it if you go over to 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and in, uh, in verse 6 and verse 5, he, he calls to remembrance the faith that he's been taught by his, his, his grandmother and his mother. The things that, that, that he's been instructed in. And that's a gift. You realize that the gift that Eunice and Lois had was to teach Timothy? You're like, well, parents, man, and you know, it's relatives. Look, there's a lot of parents out today that are neglecting that. There's a lot of parents out there that just neglect being a parent. You can generally find them at Walmart with the kids screaming. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's actually worse than that today. 
It's worse than that. There are still orphanages here in the United States of America, which just hurts my heart. There are kids that still need adoption. There's kids all over the world. One of the places that has the greatest amount of uh, orphanages is over there in Moldova. Because all of the adults abandon ship. They, they, they abandoned the entire country. They just walked away and went to other countries. I think somebody said the average mean age of, 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 of people in Moldova is, is like 25. Because there's nobody that wants to be there anymore. And you know what they did? Is they all left. And you know what they did? They left the children behind. They neglected the gift. And there are so many orphanages and so many children that are in need over there. And praise God for those missionaries that go over there and start orphanages and tell those children about Jesus Christ so they don't have to repeat the cycle. Praise the Lord for that. But here's Eunice and Lois, and he's, he, Paul's calling to remembrance the things that, that, that Timothy was taught. In verse 6 here, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He says, Timothy, you've been given a gift. Paul ordained Timothy to go and preach the gospel. He ordained him to be a pastor, to go into these churches. We find throughout all of the Pauline's epistles how, how Paul would direct Timothy here and direct Timothy there, and stay here and teach here and do this and be a pastor here, do those things. And here he's saying, look, I, 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 want, I, want, to, I want you to remember something so that you can begin to stir up that gift. I tell you, sometimes we neglect the gift and that gift needs to be stirred. It needs to be stirred so that it can be homogenous, so that it can be part of who we are, not separate from it. We don't just serve to serve on Sunday. We serve to serve God daily. Not, 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 not just here and there when we feel like it. No, we serve God, and sometimes we need to get it stirred up. Sometimes we need to, to remember that God has given us such a great gift that we have the opportunity to go and to preach the gospel to people. We have, as, 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 a, as a congregation here, we have an opportunity to be a gift to someone else by edifying them and encouraging them. Remember, he told the church, I want you to excel at something, and what I want you to excel at isn't administration, isn't this, isn't that, isn't all these little things. He's like, I want you to excel in edifying one another. I want you to build each other up. I don't want you to tear each other down. He says, I want you to excel at that. And it's one of the greatest gifts that God gives us that we have opportunities to do when we come together. And we look, we don't have to just get together on Sundays. Huh? I know, it's a shock. 
You can get together other days of the week. You can get outside the church building. You can get together with other individuals and pray. But here we are looking at what, he's, what he tells Timothy. He says, I, 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 I want you to stir that up. Paul couldn't do that for him. I want you to understand this. Paul could not stir that up for Timothy. It's not my responsibility to stir up the gift that God has given you, but it is my responsibility to remind you to remember what God has done for you so that you would stir that gift up in you, that you would serve God with your life. You've got to do the stirring. You've got the spoon. You've got the spoon. I'm not going to reach into your life and stir your spoon. I got to do my own stirring, okay? But it's so great that God gives us these gifts. We think about it and we think about how great it is. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We'll close with this. Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul talks about the gift that he's been given. And in verse 7 here, he says, Whereof I was made a minister, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. I like that because here he is talking about how he has been given a gift by the power of God. Not by men. Not not by a group. But by God Himself. And as He says there, the effectual working of His power. And I want us to understand this. The service that God gives to us because of His power being effectual, means that our service has an effect. It has an impact in everybody's life that we are around. How we serve God will have an impact in another person's life. Think about the impact of the gift that God gave to Paul. You're sitting here because of it. Otherwise, the gospel would still be over in Jerusalem. And you wouldn't have heard about it. But because of what Paul did and because of the way that God used Paul and the way that the gospel began to spread throughout throughout Europe and it went westward and it began to spread throughout all of the nations, coming over here across the great sea, the Atlantic Ocean, comes over here to the United States, and it begins to spread, and it begins to grow. And we're sitting here in the state of Washington, far, 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 far away from where Paul was. But because of the gift that God gave to Paul, And praise God, he was faithful in that gift. Praise God, he didn't neglect that gift. 
But here we are today, affected by what Paul did. Affected by what Paul did. I want to close with this. As I said, each one of us is given a ministry. Each one of us is given a service that we're to do for the Lord. They may be varying and may be different, but they all have one purpose, for the glory of God. For who He is. The gift isn't about us. It's about Him. What are we doing with the gift? Are we encouraging one another? Are we telling people about Jesus Christ? Let's not neglect it. Let's stir it up. Let's get excited about it. Let's let's realize, hey, we have an opportunity. Hey, I have an opportunity to make a silly little snowman and give it to a kid and give him a gospel track. Don't neglect that ever. You're like, well, that's just no, 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 no. Let's not just go. Well, that's just no. That's the work of the Lord. That's something we have an opportunity to do. To praise God for that. We as believers should just relish the fact that we have a gift that is good and is perfect and will be completed by His effectual power that has an effect on other people that are around us. What are we doing with the gift today? Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the time and the opportunity, Lord, to study your word, to realize what you've done for us, to realize that we have been given such great gifts. Lord, may we not neglect them. May we realize that we need to constantly stir and stir that up so that, Lord, it doesn't become stagnant, that we don't become complacent, but we realize God has given us so much that you've just given us so much, Lord, that we would just realize the importance and the need to serve with that gift that you've given us. Lord, again, I thank you for those that are here and pray that each one of us, Lord, would just excel at that gift of edifying. But the other gifts that were given, Lord, I pray we would use them for your honor, glory, and praise. I thank you again, Lord, just to, just for the encouragement that your word gives us. That, Lord, this is not some down, depressing thing that we have to do, but, Lord, it is a time of enjoyment and happiness as we get to serve you, to please you, to honor you, the God that loved us enough to die for us and rise again to give us an eternal life with, with you. Lord, I pray we just keep that in our minds. I thank you again for all you've done for us. May we continue to praise you as we sing to you, as we close, Lord, with hymns. May we encourage each other by just singing with a loud voice praises unto you. And this I ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.